Hello and welcome to the Rev It Up podcast, helping entrepreneurs fill up their tanks, crank up the RPMs, and put the pedal to the metal until they cross that finish line. Hello, I'm Jess Tiffany. Ready, set, go. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rev It Up podcast. Super excited to have an awesome guest with me today, Chantel Sumas. And um, she is a amazing lady with, she's in Forbes magazine and Thrive and with business chicks. And anyway, she's a brand sorceress, differently abled advocate, keynote speaker, consultant, social media and marketing magic lady. Hope I did that okay. <laughs> yeah, I was curious about how you were going to pull that, but well done. Well done. <laughs> so thank you and uh, for being on the show today. And um, so it's snowing here. How's it, how's it out there where you're at? So right now, I'm in Madison, Wisconsin, and it's really nice. I mean, well, for fall, I'd say, I think it's like 40 degrees and cloudy, okay. but it's fall weather. What can you expect, right? Well, yeah, Madison, you're not too, you're only a few hours away from here, so that's crazy. Yeah. We got snow falling, and it's pretty, but it's the wrong season for it, I think, so. Yeah, it can hold off till November. I totally agree with you there. So, <laughs> so Chantel, where can people find you if they want to reach out? LinkedIn, obviously. I mean, we're the LinkedIn experts, right? So for sure. Um, Also, you know, a lot of my stories on ChantelSumis.com and also Stardust Creative is my agency, my branding agency. That's right out of here in the Midwest in Chicago, Madison, and Milwaukee. So um, StardustCreative.net, another great way. Fantastic. And so Chantel, how did you kind of get your start with your business and what kind of led you to get into business and, and what set you off on that path? So not your typical way. I mean, there's those people that are born to be entrepreneurs that just have it in their blood and want to want to go that direction. I was totally not that way. My parents were entrepreneurs. They were accountants. They owned an accounting firm. And I saw that they never got free time unless it was maybe end of summer, way after tax season. But either way, you know, they were never around for spring break. They were never around for childhood. You know, I would get done with school, go to their office, eat dinner under their, their desk. So people didn't see me, you know, um, shh, don't tell anybody, but you know, it didn't seem like the kind of lifestyle that I really wanted until I realized as an adult that they were there for the important things. And I kind of just fell into it. So what happened was I've always loved marketing. I didn't realize that you could love what you did. And um, I originally went to school for nursing because I just wanted to take care of people. And my mom was science wasn't my thing. So my mom redirected me to marketing since that's what I did for their accounting firm since I was, you know, 10, 12 years old. And yeah, it it sounds bad when I say that because it's like, oh, a 10 year old can do labor. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But um, it was really the exciting thing because you were the fun person, you know, you were the person planning the parties and the promos and giving away cool things with brand names on it. And it was fun. So I didn't go into business for myself until I got, I don't know if you know any of this part of my story, Jess, but I got really sick. I was unexpectedly pregnant that I didn't, we didn't think I, we would ever be able to have kids and oh. lo and behold, we did. But because of that shakeup, my health collapsed and I lost my vision completely. I lost my ability to walk. I lost my ability to hear. Like everything sounded like I had big headphones on, which I do right now, but outside, not with them hooked up. Um, we, I was unemployed 
at that time, I accepted my dream job, fell flat on its face. Mm. So I had to start fresh and checking that disability box because I couldn't see. And I also had mobility issues. Disability was a big obstacle and nobody called me back. Mm. So I went to my disability community, this community of other people with this chronic illness that I now have called multiple sclerosis, in addition to epilepsy and all these other things. But they said, give up. Nobody's going to want you with a disability. Nobody's going to want you if they have to give you a different circumstances. Mm. And I was like, what the hell? I'm 25. You can't tell me to just lock myself up in my house forever. Yeah. And, you know, just that's how life is going to be. No, I'm not okay with that. So I started venting my frustrations on LinkedIn, our favorite platform, and <laughs> <laughs> hint, nudge, nudge. And it got a lot of interest because I was talking about a topic that people weren't hearing enough about, especially since disability is something that impacts so many of us, whether we know it or we don't know it. So that's kind of how it all started. People then started approaching me asking, oh, I see what you're doing um, with branding and marketing. Maybe you could help me all because I had it all on my LinkedIn profile. So yeah, that's kind of how it started. Not how I ever imagined, but I'm not complaining. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I didn't go anything through like that, but I had a car accident, and so I wear the—I get to wear these big blue blocker things all the time now because I get it just the light uh, just makes me uh, like super tired real fast. And so oh wow! Most of the day I have to wear uh, kind of these weird, ugly sunglass things so that I can, uh, you know, stay awake <laughs> and alert. How about that? The like blue protector. Yeah, it just, yeah. It just blocks some of the light out and makes it, for some reason, it gives adds an extra couple of hours of my day where I'm energetic. So, so, so cool. It was a good find. So, yeah. Uh, you know, the doctor told me to check it out and see if that helped. But so now, were you able to get your vision back then or? Um, no. So, this eye is completely gone. This eye has most of what I can do. I'm, I'm not supposed to drive. I use an attendant to create all of my content online. My team really does an amazing job helping me through and through. It's been amazing. Wow. Yeah. That adds like a whole nother layer of uh, respect for what you do because you have uh, great content and and, uh, really do a good job on LinkedIn. So. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, my issue is very minor compared to what you had to go through. So my mom had. Oh, no. Don't say that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like the whole, the whole gambit. A little bit. Yeah. She hasn't had many seizures uh, since I've been old enough to know, but. uh, That's awesome. That's good. So, but. uh, That's great news. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Wow. I didn't expect to talk about stuff like this, but. uh, I know. Right. But it's like, like, right. It it affects us all in some form, shape or, or way, you know, there's, we're all disabled or differently abled at the end of the day. And that's why I love to talk about it. And that's why it's in my title because everybody's got something, whether it's, you know, taking care of their mom or their, their adult son with autism or even themselves, everybody's got something. Everybody's got something. Yeah. We, last, this uh, last uh, week we had the, the contact traced. So we had to self quarantine and all that fun ah. stuff. So uh, so far, nobody in our family's uh, luckily gotten sick. Knock on wood, please knock on wood right now. Yeah. But yeah, it's just crazy what's going on, um, you know, all over the place right now. And uh, so, um, so tell me a little bit about the uh, camper you said mentioned to me earlier. You (laughs) said you're doing some travel and. and Uh, Life is a blessing. I mean, like, I am so thankful every single day for waking up and 
having the second chance at life, because I really do think that this is, is what it is. If I'd never gotten a job or these job offers in this community, there's no way I would be where I am today. And so three years ago, when I was diagnosed, I had like $200,000 in medical debt because I didn't have insurance and all that stuff. So my first goal was to like kill the debt. Right. And so thankfully, after launching my job and the LinkedIn platform is amazing, I was able to cancel all my debt. I was able to kill all my debt, my student oh, loans, wow. everything. Nice. Yeah. Freaking amazing. Then the next year was to give back because so many people gave me a chance and it was my turn to give back. So we raised money for LLS, Leukemia Lymphoma Society and Finding Cures for Cancer. And then this year is the, it's like the year to kind of indulge a little bit and live and experience <laughs> an adventure. So adventure is the name of the year and yeah. I, or the, the word of the year. And um, thanking my husband for being the amazing caregiver that he is. I got him a camper. And we, that's always been his dream, like, you know, to sell everything and jump in an RV and just travel the world, which is totally not my style, but it's a compromise. So we got the camper, you know, indulging in those things. And it's also a really awesome thing to unplug because when you are in the middle of nowhere in the Black Hills National Forest and there's zero Wi-Fi, you can't work. You need to unplug. And it's beautiful. It's so magical having to force yourself to just distance the work. Oh, it's lovely. Have you done that anytime recently? No, we've been talking about it, uh, but I haven't, we haven't, uh, taking the trip yet the big trip Oof. is there a big trip planned oh we were talking about going down to uh, somewhere in kentucky area but uh with all the protesting that was happening down there we were a little bit nervous with the recent stuff so we kind oh, of there's... pushed it out a little bit but oh that's a shame well i hope you find time because yeah. there's so many cool like remote locations where you can just live and let live and just get yeah. loose and, and relaxed i hope it happens on your on your favor there yeah, i think we might make it up to duluth or something or you know where there's some the big lake you know and stuff like that oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> lake superior let's yeah. do it the yeah. big lake <laughs> that's pretty big so so tell me a little bit about um kind of uh maybe a couple two three tips of linkedin that have really you know maybe transformed your business and what you've done Definitely video. We were kind of chatting about this a little bit earlier and video is best for me because I can't see well. So video is a great tool for me to just create content, get my voice out there. I might sound stupid here and there. I stutter a lot because of my nerve, nerve damage. There's good days and bad days. And when I stutter and stammer, it seems to get people to say negative things, mm -hmm. um, which means my, either my message wasn't clear enough or I wasn't on point enough, but it also is the best open door to have discussions. Like, yeah. you know, don't judge a book by its cover, buddy. I'm trying my best, you know? <laughs> so video is great for engagement. So yeah. great. Also subtitles, right? Cause I have so many friends that although they can see, they can't hear. So that's oh, really okay. important to have. Yes. And what else is a good tip? I mean, engagement is everything. If you're not getting out there and meeting people, what's yep. the point of having a social network, right? It's all about building relationships at the end of the day. It is as cheesy as it sounds. I mean, these people can become your best friends. They can become family that you've never met in person. That's the beauty of it all. Absolutely. I like to I kind of find that um, 
the key to LinkedIn is getting people off of LinkedIn and, and being able to engage to them in other avenues, you know, so you have mul- kind of a multifaceted approach to talking to people and, and, you know, getting on the phone even, you know, or having a Zoom call or, you know, any of those things are, are really valuable in my opinion. Right. Especially if they want to be clients, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. So, but, um, so, um, when you're, uh, making your videos, is there any, um, uh, any tips on, you know, uh, you know, finding somebody to help you with that or, you know, with outsourcing or anything like that? Yes. So, okay. With managing chronic illness, I'm also a mom. I also do LinkedIn local events in Madison, Milwaukee, and Chicago. Chicago, which is where I met Corey and the flesh, nice. oh, Corey, Corey Warfield, Warfield, which is yeah. nice. Yeah. And also running these volunteer committees, all of this. There's, you have to outsource. You have to. If you want to like fill your cup at the end of the day, you need to make that time. So I totally believe in that. I respect the community that reaches out via LinkedIn or creates content on LinkedIn, that those are the people that I try to build up first. Otherwise, Upwork, again, an amazing tool. Yeah. Um, but, but giving, feeding your own like local community first, I think is a really important thing. So I work with a team here and then employ them and start us creative. So they help with clients and stuff like that. But yeah outsourcing can feel so guilty at times. Like, oh, I shouldn't be spending my money on my content, but you should. I mean, if it offloads something from you and you can focus those hours on something else, like your family or something you love to do that fills your cup, do it, do it. Yeah. I think, you know, like they they always say the 80, 20 uh, rule and, you know, 20% of what you're doing is actually productive and creating revenue and helping you grow your business. But you end up a lot of times, spending time on that 80% that's, you know, it's good, it's helpful, it grows your business a little bit, but it's not really driving any business. And at the end of the day, you still got to make money to feed your kids. You know, there's this kind of, you know, kind of balance that you have to strike, you know. And so that's where the, I think the, you know, outsourcing or hiring locally when possible. There was uh, some people reaching out recently for interns in our local community here. And uh, so kind of looking into that, what that process is, um, you know, they, they switch them out like every three months. So, you know, you gotta do a lot of training. So I don't know if the training time versus the productivity time is going to pay off. Yeah, I know that's a hard thing with interns. Yeah. It's good to help people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it fills your cup just to help. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All good stuff. Absolutely. Hey everybody, Jess here. What if I could help your company find over $100,000 in hidden revenue streams in less than an hour without spending an extra dime on advertising or marketing? Reach out to me at cardzap.thebumpcard.me. Check out the video on five steps to profit and also reach out and we can have a conversation. Thank you. So do you have your, like, so the thing that hangs me has hung me up quite a bit is the subtitling. Do you have some sort of software that that you use or do you pay somebody to manually do that or how do you? Well, I do. So there's an auto captioning tool that you can use that you pay a lot for each month. But that's the thing is it's a heavy price tag, but I use it because it helps me translate my verb to word to text or transcribing everything that I have for my team because I can't always type it out. It doesn't always look good. It's filled with mistakes and errors. So (laughs) there's that. There's also... um, it depends on how thick your accent is. I know we're both from the North Midwest. So sometimes the, those chewy vowels can be mm. transcribed so inaccurately. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the YouTube is free where you upload oh, your right. video and it transcribes everything for you. It usually takes 
depends on how long the video is. If it's, you know, like a two minute video, it might take 30 minutes to auto transcribe that for you. And then you just have to set the timings, but that way it's all done for you. And you don't have to go through and transcribe everything manually, which is nice. What do you use? Do you use anything? I don't use much. I mean, I haven't, I just, uh, and that's the problem is I haven't taken, uh, to help people that can't, you know, um, or have visual issues or challenges or not visual auditory and, um, or I said it the other way around, but anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I've had trouble with that. Sometimes I'll go in, I'll manually type out the whole conversation into the text of the post and things like that. And sometimes I have, um, if it's shorter video, I have done where I import a SRV file or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. but most of the time I haven't. And, um, and that's why I kind of actually was asking because I want to, I know that I need to take care of, uh, of getting subtitled more consistently. Uh, yeah. And so I've actually not done as much video as I would like to because I feel bad not having that done because I didn't, you know, I just recently hired somebody to start helping with video just like within a month or less. And so I'm just starting to get them up to speed and stuff. So. Oh, fantastic. Yes, I know. It's such a time consuming. People don't realize how much work goes into creating a piece of video or a piece of even a text post. It takes so much time and understanding and rereading it or just reanalyzing it before you film, you know, is the lighting okay? Do I need to reposition this or that? It's, (laughs) there's so many variables that people just don't get unless they're in the weeds doing it themselves. Yeah. So I do but I don't want to scare anyone away, right? Like, I hope right, nobody's right, right. like, oh, I'm not doing this anymore, you know? It's still worth it. Do it. It is worth <laughs> it, yes. So I was afraid of the stories a little bit because I don't, I don't know, LinkedIn or, uh, sorry, Instagram and Facebook have had stories for a while and I never really got into it. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I take a picture of my food occasionally or something, you know, because that's what a lot of people seem to do on those other channels. But um, the thing I have found about good about stories, it seems is like um, it's a good icebreaker to actually have a conversation. So that's, yes. so far, that's the only thing I found cool about it is that I can do a little snippet and go, hey, I'm doing such and such, or here's, you know, look at my office or, you know, behind the scenes or, you know, so but they're so short. But so what I found works best for me so far is just commenting on other people's stories. And then they mm-hmm. say something like, oh, thank you. And then you say, How's business, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Conversation. I don't know. Do you have any other uh, ideas for stories or how do you, have you been using them at successfully? Oh, yes. I have so many ideas. Oh, don't even get me started, Jess. Oh, oh. I guess where I can first begin is when you do engage and you outreach that initial thing, ask them a question because mm-hmm. that's what gets the dialogue running and the conversation that just keeps flowing into something more magnificent, like a sale. The other thing is a daily or even like a day of the week where you have something trending or you have a giant stack of books behind you. I'm sure you could do, you know, I don't know, read it Wednesday or something like that, where you can grab your favorite book for the week and suggest it or ask if somebody else has had um, read that book or what their favorite passage or chapter or topic was in it. So there's a lot of different things that you can use with it. I love the back end of things and checking in on people. I love to use it for like leads, right? If I've had a conversation with a potential client and I haven't heard from them in a while, if things just went kind of cold, I will check in, see if they created something and be like, Ooh, that spaghetti looks delicious. When are you going to come over and make it for me? You know, (laughs) come on, come (laughs) over to the start office and we'll have a potluck when things are okay to do so. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. There's so many ideas, so many options. I'm really excited to see who else tries to use it because they do offer it for um they 
LinkedIn offers it for companies, organizations to use. So I'm really excited to see what teams start using it and how they use it because I'm not seeing many right now. Yeah, I noticed I can do the company pages on my on my stories as well, and I and I'm thinking, what what am I going to do with this? Um, you, know, <laughs> you know, and and I'm it takes me so long to make memes and stuff, and you know, I just it just takes a lot of my day to do you know little things like that, just because I'm not yeah. a you know, super speed star on that type of stuff. I can pick it up and talk all day long, you know, about a topic, but as far as uh, memes and quirky things I, that's yes I have to really think about it <laughs> so. well you know how you can get started there is just batch record or batch mm. collect memes yeah. you know like right after dinner if you're like unwinding in bed before you go to bed start see, scroll through your phone and start saving every funny office meme that you can find and then just post that like every other day or something that's true. So it's all there and ready for you see, yeah I think I have to make my own stuff that's like <laughs> Yeah. As long as you give the creator that that uh yeah, that uh, recognition, right? Yeah, That's yeah. what matters. Yeah, I was thinking that, or I could do like some quotes from you know John Maxwell or something, or I don't know. Yeah, but everybody's doing Everybody that. Don't do that. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not creative in that way. I can. I'm creative in other ways, but. Uh... <laughs> there you go. Well, do what comes natural to you. Yeah. People want to hear your story and what's going on in your life. True. I mean, I'm good at finding like little quirks, like, uh, you know, you, you type in, uh, in quotes, you type in calendly.com or something, and you can find people's calendars and you just book right in if you want, you know, or, or oh you my can, gosh. Um, you know, <laughs> oh I mean, my word. there's all kinds of little weird things I found you can do, you know, uh, group messaging, obviously you can group, um, you know, go into groups and do, you know, and talk to, you know, that's how I, I emailed uh, John Maxwell one time because I'm in the same group as him in a CEO group. And so I, you know, he didn't answer me, but oh, the, shoot. Was, okay. the point was <laughs> I, I could, I could do it, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite him on my podcast, uh, hopefully, but we'll see how that goes. But do it, do it. But, Nobody's unreachable on LinkedIn, right? Yeah, Oprah didn't answer either. I invited her to the podcast. Uh, she hasn't answered no. yet, but uh you know. I reached out to Brene Brown and she never got back to me. I'm a little oh, salty no. about that. <laughs> Maybe in the future when we're on the same stage, right? <laughs> yeah. So no, but I've gotten a hold of some pretty amazing people through LinkedIn. I mean, Dave Meltzer, you know, talked to him and oh, yeah. Jim Satrine was on our podcast uh, this last week. He's uh, got a million followers on LinkedIn or 980,000 or something. And Wow. And of course, Corey Warfield that we talked about, Shay Rose. Yep. Um, um, so there's some pretty amazing people I've had a chance to meet on LinkedIn and, and uh, even have them on the podcast. And, and yourself, of course, or you're in good company there. So Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. give, the, give the guest some love. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Got to do that. And so do you have any tips on how you message? Do you, are you into the message sequencing or you just kind of uh, use it as a magnet and wait for people to reach out to you or kind of what's your... Yeah. Well, I don't do any outbound anything on LinkedIn because I know how uncomfortable it can be like to just be pitched, just be a number, you know, in that person's sales quota for the day. It doesn't feel good for me. So I don't, that's just not my approach, but there are a lot of people who do do it and they're killing it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe if I got to that level where I needed clients on the ball, that's what would work. But what works for me is putting out content as authentically as possible. So I don't pre-schedule anything. I don't um, force anything like say I have to do two posts a day or one post a day. 
there might be a week that I don't do anything. Mm. There might be a week where I do a video and like just a text only post, but it really is important now that it's becoming more saturated on LinkedIn that you stick to who you are, your voice and your own stories. Otherwise you're just going to sink into the noise that everybody else is sharing. There's this hilarious page on Twitter. It's um, a page, I forget what it's called. I just had to relaunch my Twitter account. We were talking about this because it got hacked. And one of the, the people that I follow is this page that actually makes fun of LinkedIn creators. Oh. And I love it. It's it's hilarious. Because like I said, you know, there's those people who just do the like, share and comment on this post. If you agree, share the post though. So everybody can share it and it gets like 300,000 views. And those chain mail-esque posts are, they work, but they're just so overwhelming. And it's clear that everybody's now copying and pasting the same exact message. And it's just yeah, that person. They're instead of keeping growing on their trajectory, they're just going to stabilize. They're going to plateau and maybe even go down because people are going to get sick of it. Yeah, I have to say I'm a jealous occasionally. I see it's like somebody's like got some really dumb video and it's got like three hundred thousand on LinkedIn and I and you know and then I I look at my video it's got like four thousand. I'm like, what's up with that? My, hey, my video's better. <laughs> no, if it makes you feel any better, I have never gone viral and I have eighty thousand followers. So. Slow and steady wins the race. Those 4,000 views are amazing because, yeah. you know, a hundred of those 4,000 are really going to resonate with your message and you're going to help them. Yeah. And, and, you know, you meet great people. And like one time um, somebody commented on, uh, I think it was Pat Helmers, I think his name, but he was commenting on Dennis Brown's uh, post and Dennis Brown's a pretty big uh, LinkedIn guy. And uh, anyway, so I, I meant, and he's got a huge podcast and I, anyway, so I made a joke about something Dennis said, and then he made a joke about something I said. And all of a sudden me, Pat and I ended up on the phone. I think I'm thinking saying the right person uh, off the top of my head, but, but anyway, it was a, it was a year ago. So I can't, I'm not hundred percent sure on the name, but, uh, but anyway, within 15 minutes, we were on the phone talking to each other and he booked me on his podcast show. And oh, it, that's too funny. You know, it's just stuff like that, you know, that yeah. happens and, you know, and, and then one time a New York Times bestselling author, four-time New York Times bestselling author, actually he lives in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And he reached out through LinkedIn and called me and basically invited me to go hang out with him for the day at a whiskey tasting event. Oh, sweet. Where's my invite? Yeah, I, I, I didn't magic. even, I don't even drink, but it was like, you know, <laughs> hey, yeah, I'll come, you know, I mean. Oh, that's what, so cool. When else do you get to hang out with cool people like that? So. Right. So it's just the opportunities that sometimes pop up in LinkedIn are absolutely amazing. Um, you said, I mean, that's why LinkedIn locals were so awesome. Mm, yeah. You know, it was such a great way to get people together that are strangers, but might have that friendly banter in the comment section on a super user's content, you know, it's great. It's just a beautiful opportunity to grow those real relationships. Yeah. Did you ever use the find nearby option when it was available? Well, at the events, but yeah, not events. like yeah. at home or anything. <laughs> oh, no, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah, I, I loved it. I, I like to go up, like if I'm hosting an event and go up and say, hey, everybody pull out your phones. And we just do this mass group connect, you know, yeah. and, you know 100 people connect to each other at one spot. So oh, it's like the QR code one too. Oh, yeah. When people get so jazzed about that. They're like, oh, what? Yeah. I have my own QR code. This is great. Nope. <laughs> Easy connection. And now I have these uh, business cards that have NFC chips in them. And so I can just put it near your phone or there's also a ring that you can get, but you can literally just kind of slide it by somebody's phone. And all of a sudden your LinkedIn or, or whatever you program to come up, comes up on their phone. And oh, they can so cool. There's lots of cool tech out there that's kind of going around. But yes. uh, so with your posts and everything, how do you 
turn the engagement that's happening on the post into a conversation? Obviously, there's some sort of process you must go through to kind of get that rolling, I'm assuming. You know, most of the time, my call to action, so it's like marketing 101, everything you do should have a call to action because you want your content to cause an action that you can measure. And that action is usually a question on content on LinkedIn. So you ask a question and you can encourage engagement that way. A lot of people say, you know, agree question mark. And that's such a weird, weird, like blanket statement. Uh, I don't know, thing to plop in there because it doesn't instill or initiate any kind of value that could happen. So asking, you know, like, what do you prefer this or that? Um, one of the things that I had that really performed well. So it only had, I had this post on our newsletters dead because I got really upset that one of my newsletters that I have, when I send it, the send rate is so low because everything is hitting spam filters today. Like now that regulations are really high and tight and I posted our newsletters dead and it was kind of a, not controversial, but it was something that a lot of marketers, especially the people who that's their job is doing newsletters, they get yeah. offended and they want to defend everything. So it was really cool to see these people so passionate about no newsletters aren't dead. And some people are like, yeah, I hate them. I never want to see one in my inbox ever again. <laughs> but that is what kind of initiates it all. And, you know, that's what Shay was so good at in the beginning mm-hmm. where she really just ramped up. She was, she highlights some very controversial things and yeah. she's not afraid to be bold and to be yeah. bright. And that, at first, that's what kind of drew me away from her was she was just overconfident and really into what she was saying. And she held hard and true to it. But then, you know, a month later, she'd come out with like an apology video that says, you know what? I was wrong. And this, 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 and I'm like, okay, cool. All right. Now we're on the right path. But when you do share something, you just got to believe in it and go with it 120% and encourage that dialogue. Don't shut it down. Yeah. Now, do you normally start with a question or is it like you do some dialogue about something and then there's a questioner or how do you kind of frame that? It's different in every post. I mean, like one thing I did was, have you ever been caught in quicksand? Because I had shared the story where I got stuck in quick mud with my son and we couldn't get out. It was like concrete. It was the most terrifying thing. But it brought it down to like, this is what a stress test is and how you get out of a crisis and all that. And it didn't really ask a question, but I just, you know, encouraged the conversation to continue below Mm. because you can only have so many characters. So I'd say, you know, if you want to see how I got out, of this mess, check the comments below. Mm-hmm. And then I continued the post and continued the post. It had people laughing and relating to my husband who saw me and my son struggling in mud up to our knees. And he was just oh, recording my. on his phone and laughing hysterically. So it's, I mean, you know, it takes all kinds to, oh, to create yeah. a delicious recipe. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, there's like, crazy. I really don't think there's a blueprint or, you know, like a every great piece of content has this, this, and this. Even the people who are viral all the time and they say, this is how you go viral. You try it, you don't go viral and you're like, oh, well, maybe I just suck, you know? And you're trying to figure out what went wrong, but I really don't think there is, there is a, a strategic approach. You know, I think it is really just your voice, your story, and what people need to hear with those trending hashtags, oh, wow. which is a whole nother topic, isn't it, Jess? Yes, yeah. Yeah, well, the nice thing is you kind of can tell what's good, you know, as far as the hashtags, because there's that, like on the far left-hand side at the bottom, there's something where you can click your hashtags and it'll show you how many people are in each hashtag. And 
so you can kind of gauge, you know, what makes sense, you know, but also you want to have it to be relevant too, so that you're getting the right audience. So yeah. I do think it helps with targeting too. So I think there's some positiveness to it, but. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so many variables. It's yeah. crazy. So how do you get your brand out there? I mean, I know you're doing your posts, but how do you kind of get it from a good post about something interesting to a client? How do you kind of make that transition? So I would say that only 10% of my content is promotional or about business and and marketing. Mm -hmm. The rest is really about, you know, life and productivity and being positive and getting through crap. Um, (laughs) So there really isn't much, but when people do see that I am a active creator, I think every time I do a video that has strategic like marketing advice, it will get me about 10 leads and my, my close rate's usually about 50% because, you know, half of them probably either can't afford it or don't want something like that, et cetera. They want the DIY approach. So it really is, is all inbound. It's really just when people see it and it resonates and they, they know that they need help with their brand or marketing or even just their content or whatever, they'd reach out and let me know. And I haven't had a a problem since then. Yeah, it's been real nice, but it's like, I'm worried for when that like lull comes because if I'm not having the clients come in, what am I doing? But So are you pulling people off of LinkedIn somehow and putting them into like a email campaign or anything or? No, I'm not. I'm just creating those real and raw relationships, sending thank you cards and check-in emails and just being a genuine human that wants to connect at that level versus putting them in on a newsletter and stuff like that. Because I mean, I just kind of already told you how I feel about newsletters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I have a list, but I don't okay. use it in a newsletter or any kind of other funnel. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I just I always paranoid because I hear about people, you know, they get their accounts shut down for whatever reason or something happens or, you know, so anyway. Um, Same. I'm terrified. That's why I refuse to like do too much. You know, I'm so nervous. I don't want it to be taken away from me. Yeah, no, that's true. And um, well, good. Well, thank you. I think uh, you've had a lot of value today. I think uh, we'll get a lot of uh, positive feedback on this episode. So I'm excited to hear that. Oh, God. Yes, I know we've been talking for a while, Jess. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I just looked at the time. I'm like, my next podcast is in about 10 minutes here. So I got to get off and figure out what to Get a cup of water or something there. Um, but anyway, uh, again, we're, uh, so you said LinkedIn's the best place. And what was your website again? Uh, well, ChantelSumas.com has my story and a little bit of the background of chronic illness and adversity, DEI speaking, things along those lines. And then Stardust Creative. Um, we're a .net. I have a .com, but I haven't reconnected it yet. My oh. team's got to get on that. I got to put that on my list right now as soon as I yeah. get off this call. It's Stardust. <laughs> is that... Stardust Creative. Yep. Okay, perfect. We'll make sure uh, we get that in the show notes as well. And um, again, just thank you. Uh, we got a lot of value and I learned a lot too. Good. And, uh, Good. Oh, I'm glad. I, I enjoyed chatting with you. So, um, yes. Well, if you're ever in Madison, let me know. I, I hear you don't drink, but I know where some good food is. So <laughs> come to a LinkedIn local. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Well, thank you everybody for uh, listening to the show and we will talk to you on the next one.